unofficial Bengals podcast. Welcome to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. All right, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the Joe Mixon contract restructuring, and then I'm going to welcome in special guest and good friend of the show, Bengal Jim Foster, and he's going to go over the entire schedule and talk about all the tailgate events that he has planned for the year, both for the home games and the away games. What's up, Bengal Nation? This is Adrian the Mad Backer Ross, and you're listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. Who day? Cincinnati Bengals fans, I would like to introduce Frank LaPlaca. All right, so this episode is coming out on July 19th, and you know what happens this upcoming weekend? Rookies report to training camp. And you know what happens next week? Everybody else reports to training camp. It's coming. It's beginning. Buckle up, Bengal fans. All right, so before we bring in Bengal Jim Foster, I wanted to go over one quick headline, and it is that Joe Mixon took a pay cut. And that's a pretty selfless thing to do. We all know what's going on with running backs these days. No one wants to pay him anything because it's a tough position to have longevity at. And it's it's frustrating for the running backs. I know you guys have heard Derrick Henry and other players talk about it. I mean, these guys get beat up worse than pretty much anybody in football. As we always say, every time you run the ball up the middle, it's like getting into a car accident. And these guys are running the ball 15 to 25 times a game. That's a lot of car accidents. So in addition to having to run through defensive linemen, have linebackers bear down on you, have safeties coming out of nowhere, in addition to all that punishment, another big part of the game is your pass protecting. So there you are, you're having to go one-on-one against a a free Miles Garrett running at your quarterback or some blitzer coming up the middle full speed while you're stationary, planted, and taking the impact. So it's a very thankless position to play. In the old days, you know, they used to go number one in the draft. Kajana Carter, Tony Dorsett back in the old days, you know, running backs were at a premium. And now, as we talked about, you can get them in the fourth round, in the sixth round, undrafted, and it's running back by committee. You know, the league is always evolving, and it's unfortunate that the running backs of the league have to be subject to lower pay for high physical abuse. Hopefully they find a way to switch the system around, but I can't really see that happening. You know, if you're going to go two, three running backs and, and go in a rotation, it's going to be hard to pay guys $15 million a year. I don't know if we're going to be seeing that again. And these guys are valuable. The touches that they get in the run game, everyone's throwing to backs in the flat out of the backfield all the time now. So it's a lot of touches, a lot of punishment, and diminishing pay. And if you think about the most physical positions in the league, I mean, if you're a quarterback and you're getting hit blindside, of course, that's a a painful position. But let's really think about the impact positions that are facing the most violence. It's running backs, it's linebackers, and it's safeties. And as a result of that, those three positions are amongst the lowest paying positions in the league. So it makes sense, right? Those are the positions where guys aren't going to have a lot of longevity. They're very physical positions, so teams don't want to invest huge money in their future. So it does make sense on that level. But just from like a human fairness level, it's frustrating and it's upsetting to see that the guys who really lay it on the line more than the other positions are the least paid, and you're hearing a lot of ripple effect from the running backs in the league. So going back to Joe Mixon, what I'd like to say on this is, this is a very selfless thing to do. Now, I know he talked with his agent, and there's strategy involved. It's like, all right, if I don't take a pay cut, the Bengals are going to waive me, and I'm probably going to make half the salary I would anyway, and I might go to some team that doesn't have a chance to go anywhere. 
it's a very good guy move, but there's also a mentality behind it. So Joe was going to make about $10 million this year. I'm not going to go into specific point this, point that. It's basically, he was going to make $10 million. He took off $4.5 million. He's going to make $5.5 million. On top of it, the Bengals threw him a little bit back and said, we're going to give you some incentives. So he can make another couple million in incentives. I don't know what those incentives are, but you figure Pro Bowl, 1,000-yard rusher, you know, some, some milestone stats will probably lead him to getting more money. And honestly, I never like that when there's performance-based incentives for money because players start thinking about that. You know, I know Joe Mixon isn't think he's thinking wins and losses in Super Bowl. That's his motivation. But, you know, some guys might be like, well, just give me another handoff. You know, I don't care if we win or lose. Let me get my thousand yards because that's going to be worth a million dollars to me. So those performance-based incentives are a little bit of a double-edged sword. But let's not go into that. Let's go into the fact that Joe Mixon is going to be sticking around this year. He wants to be a Bengal. He was willing to take a pay cut, whether... Whatever the reason being, the main reason is he knows that he has a shot at the Super Bowl. He loves the area. He loves the team. He loves the city. Why uproot your life if you know, like I said, if he went into the open market, what's he going to get? Maybe $7 million at this point? Maybe. So now he's going to get a guaranteed five and a half, stay comfortable, play for a winning organization, and have the potential to build that into maybe $7.5 million. So props to you, Joe Mixon. I'm glad to have you back. And if he performs well and stays healthy, that's a very friendly cap number for next year, too. So we might see two more years of Joe Mixon and that continuity. Right, you got your Joe Burrow, Chase, Higgins, Boyd. Hopefully he sticks around after this year. And now you have Joe Mixon. I mean, that's the core of our skill players. And we're adding more into the mix. You saw what we drafted this year. We bring in Irv Smith. You know, there's guys that we're adding into that mix but the guys, the five guys that I mentioned are truthfully the guys that will handle the ball more than anybody else on the team this year. So welcome back, Joe Mixon. I cannot wait for you to get a Super Bowl ring. Keep doing what you're doing. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast would like to welcome Bengal Jim Foster. All right, so last June, I wandered out to Cincinnati to shoot my documentary, Finding Joe Burrow, and I found so much more than that. I'd like to introduce Bengal Fan of the Year 2021, creator of the best tailgate in Cincinnati, Bengal superfan, and all-round good guy, Bengal Jim Foster. Jim, how are you today? Good, man. Thanks for the intro, man. Appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's good to talk to you. I know the last time we saw each other, we were in Over the Rhine, probably went to about nine or ten different places, and I really appreciate your hospitality. It was a fun time. It was a fun time. All right, excellent. So let's get right down to business. So I wanted to quickly go over the schedule, just get a quick thought on each game, and maybe you can go over any tailgate plans or any travel plans that you might have for those games. Sure, sure. All right, so let's start off at Cleveland week one. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, I mean... Well, we're going to go undefeated this year, so that's that's the start of the uh, undefeated season right there. So we got to go to the city up north, and look, they think they have our number, man, and uh, <laughs> we, we got to go up there and take care of business, man, but we're, we're, it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, a lot of people from Cincinnati heading up north for that one. We will have a massive tailgate and uh, uh, probably a, a night before event going on in that game as well. Yeah, I figure that you guys are going to take over that, that stadium because it is close to Cincinnati, so you probably draw a lot of numbers. Absolutely. All right, let's go to another divisional rival. We have the Ravens at home week two. Man, I'll tell you what, man, start off the season uh, against the AFC North opponents. Uh, what a better way to start the season 2-0 against the uh, division rivals, uh, Baltimore Ravens, man. It's going to be uh, – that's going to be a big one, man. That's going to be a fun game as well. Yeah, it would be nice to start off 2-0, and and that is going to be week one. Do you have any – I know it's a little bit a ways away, but 
What are you thinking for week one tailgate? Is there anything special going on? Week one, uh, we're still in planning, uh, planning right now for most all the season with all of our events, but we do have some things getting close to being firmed up on a, on a few items. Uh, we even firmed up a few things for some home games uh, as well, some big things. Big announcements coming very soon on the, even some home game stuff we're doing differently. All right. I know we're not necessarily going to break all the news here, but everyone's going to be looking forward to what you have cooked up for this year, both figuratively and literally. <laughs> uh, Monday Night Football at home against the Rams. That's also a big party day. And uh, what are you thinking about that game? Hey, I mean, I'm excited about playing, uh, getting revenge from the Super Bowl game, man. Um, we already have a band lined up that game. Uh, the Trailer Park Floozies here in Cincinnati, a great uh, cover band. Got the stage and sound system ready to go. We've already got that one locked up. But what you're talking about a great weekend in Cincinnati. Uh, OU uh, comes in. Oklahoma comes in and plays University of Cincinnati that Saturday. The Reds are playing Sunday. And we got Bengals Monday Night Football that Monday night here. It's going to be a great sports weekend that, that week. Uh, that's amazing. And then the Bengals under the bright lights. I'm oh, yeah. Sure, I'm sure we'll be seeing you on, on TV several times during the game. The camera seems to love you. Uh, all right, what about, I know last year you guys went to Tennessee and it seemed like it was a blast. So at Tennessee week four. Yeah, man, we, uh, we have a, I think that's probably one of the largest away tailgates, uh, we've ever encountered. Uh, last two years we've been down there. We've had over six, 7,000 people at a tailgate. This isn't a corporate tailgate or anything like that. It's just bringing fans together from all across the country for away games. And, uh, we're having a little challenge now because the lots that we have been tailgating in is no longer available. So uh, finding a lot to accommodate 5,000 plus Bengal fans on the road, we're going to figure that out, but we're still planning for that one as well. Tennessee is always a great time. Yeah, that, that's a fun city. And I'm, I'm shocked that you have that many people going down there and maybe, <laughs> that's crazy. maybe the Titans are doing it on purpose. They're saying, Hey, you know what? You, you can't party in this lot. We need you to party like four miles away. So you don't uh, influence everybody. <laughs> yeah. That, that lot is actually gone, gone for, from construction. So we, I got family that lives down there. So I'm very familiar with uh, the area down there. So we, we're we're on a struggle bus right now, trying to find a find a new spot down in Tennessee. Well, I'm sure you're going to make that happen. All right, yep. what one of the longer road trips of the year? What are you thinking about at Arizona? And are you obviously? I assume you're going to be making that trip. Yeah, we will definitely be in Arizona. That's uh, one of my wife's. Uh, favorite road trips of the year this year just because it's going to be hotter than hell there she loves the heat so <laughs> um we're, we're planning all kinds of stuff we when we played there i think it was a maybe a sunday night game pre-covid we had a, a massive tailgate uh, in arizona as well so we're we're still planning what we're doing there is it a tailgate is it a night before party somewhere that we ran out of venue so we're still in planning sessions for for that one too but we're definitely hitting arizona what are you thinking about the game itself uh, you know what, man? That's, in my opinion, that's one of the uh, that's one of the games I'm I'm not worried about at all this year. I agree. I think we're, we're going to take care of business out there. I agree. And in the first six games, there's there's a couple of them that look like they should be wins. I know anything can happen, but uh, on paper, so far, I'm I'm liking at least the first six games. Look, man, I'm I, I'm going into we're winning every one of these damn things. Um, the AFC North is stacked. I'm just telling you, the AFC North is stacked. But our advantage over uh, the rest of the AFC North teams, we got the best quarterback in the league, um, period. So I don't think any picket is going to be – I don't think any picket is anything special with Pittsburgh. The rest of the team is pretty damn pretty damn stacked. Baltimore, that is, I think, the uh, the Bengals and Baltimore are the team to beat in this division. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, I, I just don't see Deshaun being the quarterback. Uh, there that takes them to the promised land. So we will see. I feel confident in, in AFC North. Our, our 
outcome in the AFC North because of Joe Burrow. I agree with you, and I agree that he is the best quarterback in football. And, you know, you have Watson and Jackson in the division, but, you know, that was a few years ago when they were the quarterbacks in the league, and now we have the quarterback in the league. All right, so what about home against the Seahawks? Uh, that's another layup, man. We're, that's, uh, that game would be over with by halftime. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's that's going to be a fun day in Cincinnati. I mean, they, you don't get to play the Seahawks here in Cincinnati very often, so it's always fun to see them come in town. But I don't think we're having a problem with Seattle either. Within a four-week period, we go out on the road again at San Francisco, another long road trip. How, how's that city treating you? Man, what a – that is – that's one of the last three cities that I need to get to uh, on my, my list, knocking off my NFL travel. So that is one I have not been to, and um, – that is going to be a knockdown drag out because San Francisco, in my opinion, was the best team in the NFC last year. I know they lost that game to the Eagles, but uh, San Francisco is a really damn good team. That's going to be a tough game. Um, but we do have a there's a huge fan group out there called San Fernati. So we're been planning now with a lot of those Bengal fans uh, in San Francisco. There's a uh, a winery up in Napa Valley that did uh, wine boxes for the Bengals last year called Bold Stripes. So we're already setting up a party in Napa Valley uh, for San Francisco as well. So that's going to be a blast. Amazing stuff. And I'm surprised there's Bengal fans in San Francisco because I know in Cincinnati we will not allow 49er fans in the state. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, exactly. Not just the city, the state. I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. And you piqued my curiosity. So San Fran is one of the locations. What are the other two locations to complete your bucket list? Uh, Washington, Philadelphia, which I would have hit during COVID. Um, but I'm sorry, would have hit, but COVID kind of prevented us from getting to Philly uh, and Washington. So those are the last two. You'll have a shot at Washington in the preseason if, if you're going to head out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating that now. So. <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, week nine, Bills, Sunday night, another big game, one of the tougher games on the schedule. What are your thoughts on that one? Man, I'll tell you what, man, I just – I'm so glad they put that on a primetime game. I think that was a no-brainer for the NFL to do that after the situation last year with DeMar here. I, I just, I think we match up very, very well against a, a very good Buffalo team. I don't know what it is, uh, but we just match up extremely well against them. I think, I think we take care of business again against Buffalo Sunday night. Yeah, it showed last year. You know, everyone, it was a big rivalry, or not a big rivalry, but a, a big competitive game, Bang, Bengals-Bills, everyone looking forward to it. And we really, I know, even in the Hamlin game, I know it was early, but it looked like we were going to run away with that. And then in the playoffs, obviously, they were no competition for Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, right. uh, Texans Week 10 at home. Yeah, I'm not worried about Texans at all, man. That's uh, another uh, another cakewalk for the, the Bengals as long as we're staying healthy. Uh, I think I think we got that game. I, I'm, not, I'm not, again, very big draft uh, for the Houston Texans, those, those first two-round picks, but... Houston, Texas don't scare me at all. Agreed there. And I don't mean to overlook anybody, but I mean, right, right. you know, I mean, we've, we've invested a lot in this team and this team has really grown a lot and they're a team that's just starting that process. So, I mean, on paper, we should be taking that game as well. All right, we, I don't, we don't need to talk about the game against Baltimore as far as win or loss, but what about going to Baltimore at, for a Thursday night game? You know, how's the city of Baltimore treating Bengal Jim Foster? You know what? I've never had a problem in Baltimore, man. I do, I've um, again, we've spent a lot of time in that city. The Ravens fans have been very good to me, and, and in the group that we travel with, there's always a little, you know, bickering back and forth, you know, kind of heckling a little bit. But 
I just ignore that and move on. But I, I, I love Baltimore. Baltimore's a great town. <laughs> but um, that's a tough matchup, man. That is a very tough matchup on a road on national TV. But we will be there for that one, too. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, no, no matter how good or bad your opponents are, a divisional road game is going to be tough. Yeah, and if you remember last year, we had three of three of our primetime games were on the road in the AFC North. So that, that was tough last year. But, I, I, again, another primetime game, divisional game, on the road, back-to-back years in Baltimore. Not happy with that, but that's what the NFL did. We just got to take care of business. Yeah, I'm sure the NFL is going to keep doing that to us as well. Exactly. All right, another AFC North major rival, in my opinion, our biggest rival, Steelers at home, Week 12. What are your thoughts? Um, still, to me, one of the dirtiest teams in the NFL. Uh, that <laughs> These games against the city near West Virginia scare me because of, of the of the dirty play um, and potential injuries to any of our players. I just uh, hate that. Pittsburgh's very good, man. They had a, a solid draft. Their defense is solid. Um I just think the deciding factor here, you know, who do you want? Who's going to win this game, Pickett or Burrow? I'm I'm taking Burrow all day, and I think most of the country would take Burrow in that game as well. Yeah, I agree with you. That's the main thing when I think of the Steelers. I, I mean, do they have the quarterback to defeat Joe Burrow? And I do agree about the dirtiness of the Steelers. I mean, we've had a lot of injuries against them historically, and, you know, they, they don't always play by the rules. You have Mike Tomlin. And, and, and now they got the Joey Porter Jr., which also concerns because, you know, his dad was always – taking cheek shots as well so not uh again not a game um i'm concerned with i know we're better than the steelers uh, but again a game that i'm concerned with because it does get chippy and it gets dirty yeah especially later in the season we don't want to get too many guys injured for the playoffs and right. we all know that joey porter's father was involved in that infamous moment in the playoff game where he egged on adam jones and you know the rest is negative oh, yeah, history. coming on the field absolutely yeah how a side note, how did the Steelers—in in the old days, the Steelers fans kind of used to take over Paul Brown Stadium. You know, I've been in the stadium a couple times for Steelers games, and if it went south, it seemed like it was—you were, you were playing in the uh, city by West Virginia, which I love that reference. How do you, how do you get along with the Steelers fans? Uh, again, what's crazy again, um, back in the day when the Bengals were really bad and the Steelers were always really good, you know, Bengal fans sold their seats, but even when I go to Pittsburgh, I have seen some crazy things. Um, seen some bad situations, but again, I have not personally experienced anything bad. I mean, you're going to get heckled in the NFL no matter where you go. You just don't want to escalate the situation, right? You just don't want to jab back and, and make it worse and, and get into an altercation. But I personally, uh, what's interesting to me the past few years being in Pittsburgh, the Steelers fans come up to you, man, I hate you guys. Man, you guys got a hell of a quarterback. I love Joe Burrow, and I love the team you guys have. That's that's respect, man. So that's how it should be at the end of the day. We could hate the team, not the fans, is what I what I hope we get to it someday. Yeah, I agree with that. And the Pittsburgh fans that I encounter have all been pretty cordial and you know supportive, and, and they do agree that Joe Burrow is the man. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to circle back. As I get older, I feel the same way. It's like, you know what, you could say anything you want to me. I- I'm not going to get into a fight over words. It's really just a matter of someone jumps you, really. And, you know, that that's pretty rare. As long as it doesn't get crazy out there, I'm sure everyone's going to be just fine. Yep, I'm with you. All right, uh, week 13 at Jaguars, Monday Night Football. The uh, Jaguars are a team on the rise. For some reason, they don't scare me that much. Uh, yeah, a damn, a damn good team. Uh, we're we're going to be at that game as well. We've got a, a place to stay in St. Augustine, which is like 45 minutes south of uh, of Jacksonville. But uh, 
Uh, I'm looking forward to that game. I, I've been to Jacksonville three or four times. You talking about fans that you know we have problems with? I don't know what it is. Jacksonville is my worst experience three or four different times, and I can't pinpoint as to why. But um, yeah, I'm not. I, I think that's going to be a really fun game on Monday night. Bengals going on the road and bring home a victory. And you know the narrative is that all the crazies live in Florida and Bronx, New York, and that's not my narrative. I've I've just heard that before, so maybe that's contributing to your to your issues down there. I was a little taken aback the first the first time, then the two or two or three other times I've been, I'm like, what the heck's going on down here? So yeah, it's a little different, a little different. All right, well, good luck on that trip. Uh, what about the up and coming? I think Colts at home, week fourteen. Yeah, man, that's a that's a fun uh, rivalry with you know Indianapolis being an hour and a half, two hours away from Cincinnati. You know, again, Colts are a good team. I'm I'm, st- I'm not scared of the Colts either. Here, <laughs> I'm just not, especially being a. So I think we'll we'll be okay that day. Yeah, I agree. And they're still trying to sort out what they're going to do at quarterback, and obviously that's the most important position in the game. So now we're getting into the late schedule. You're starting to see some cold weather games in Cincinnati. How does that affect the draw for the tailgate? It doesn't affect the draw. It affects the the how early people show up to the tailgate. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, we'll have the same crowd. We'll have four thousand plus people there to tailgate. It's just usually if it's cold, uh, windy, and bad weather, it's just a later arriving crowd is all it is. Gotcha. All right. Uh, what about the Vikings week fifteen at home? Yeah, I mean another damn another game. I tell you what, man. <laughs> Bengals got a schedule, man. Uh, another another uh, NFC team coming into Cincinnati. Man, I just again, I think we're going to take care of business there as well. I'm not, uh, I'm not overly concerned uh, about the Minnesota Vikings coming into Cincinnati, especially if if we're still healthy that time of year, we're going to be okay. All right, next week it feels like when a country goes to war on their turf, it feels like this is what's going to happen here at Pittsburgh. It's a Saturday, four thirty primetime game. What what are you thinking as far as your experience in Pittsburgh for that? Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I, I like this. I like this game on the day it's being played because what we're going to talk, the game we're going to talk about next. It's a knockdown drag out AFC North. Hopefully, that game means absolutely nothing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, I, look, we we have really handled the Steelers over the past few years and done a good job taking care of business with these guys. I, I like that it's being played on a Saturday because I think the Chiefs play on a Monday night that that week. And uh, we play the Chiefs the following week, so it gives us a couple extra days to rest up and heal up and get our game plan together. So I'm I'm liking that game against the Steelers that Saturday for that very reason. You know, good point. I didn't even realize that, and that is good. That is a big advantage for us to get one extra day of rest and for them to get one less day of rest. Yep. So now we go. This is almost anticlimactic, and I, I talked about it earlier. Is we're playing KC week 17. It's such a foreshadowing for the playoffs. I would have loved to have seen them earlier in the schedule because it's, you know, it, it takes the mystique out of hopefully what will be a big time playoff game. What are your thoughts at Kansas city? Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I, I love it. I love this game at new year's Eve. Um, I, I just think this is right now uh, in the NFL over the past three years, this might be the biggest uh, rivalry in the NFL. Uh, so the NFL, I think it was uh, this was one of the top five games rated by I think uh, I can't remember Pro Football Talk or Pro Football Focus of the top five one of the top five games to watch. The other one was one of the Bills and Bengals games. So we got two out of the top five biggest games of the, of the year this year. But I don't have a problem with this. The NFL did this one, in my opinion. Uh, they did it up right. Uh, that game could be for all the marbles. That could be for the number one seed. 
uh, going into the playoffs. So I like this game. I hate that it's in Kansas City, but yeah, I'm excited about that game. And uh, that's a revenge game from last year. Yeah, and it's, it's literally like a playoff game before the playoffs. So it's, you oh, know, yeah. get us all ready for it. And you, back to the tailgate or your road experiences, I mean, that's New Year's Eve. Any plans in the making for that, or, or is that yeah, still? Yeah, we're, we're, we, we're still in the discussion about what we're doing with our tailgate, but what the big thing that we're planning right now is a potential huge Saturday night uh, party at Harris Arena. We got a whole concert venue uh, lined up, so we got to work through some more details on that and work through some details on the tailgate as well because I think being that New Year's Eve game is going to keep some people away from traveling, so we have to, we have to figure that out soon. That's amazing. You have connections all over the country to get this stuff going. I mean, getting a whole venue in Kansas City, that's great. And Bengal fans should be really happy that you're doing this for the organization. Um, one last note about Kansas City. I'm, I'm fairly active on social media, and I really never get trolled because I'm, I'm pretty respectful to everybody. The only fans that have really given me a hard time, and they assaulted me over one post, are the Kansas City Chiefs fans. Have you had any bad experiences with the Chiefs fans? I personally uh, went in Kansas City. I was just there for the draft as well. I spent four days there for the draft. Had great experiences with Kansas City fans. Now, on social media, um, what I see is I'm experiencing the same thing you are, but I, I think it's a small percentage. You get a, you know, you get every fan base, small percentage of fan base, just want to be idiots. They can say anything they want on social media without ramifications. I've had some great experience with Kansas City fans, both the last two years in Kansas City uh, and at the draft here a few weeks ago. You know what? I trust that opinion, and and you're right. You just it's easier to just ignore things and don't engage when people get. A lot of these, lot of these are just people just want attention. They want you to engage. That's why they post the crazy stuff they post. So I, I don't know. I, I usually get engaged in that. I just got wore out with it. It doesn't make any sense to me, for me, at least to engage that silliness. But I just ignore it and move on. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you're hopping on my feed with, with 30 followers, so you're probably trying to draw more attention to yourself. It seems like that sometimes. That's exactly right. Uh, that's my opinion. All right, last game, Week 18, home against the Browns. That could mean a lot for the Browns. Hopefully by then we'll be resting some people. What are your thoughts on that game and any tailgating uh, plans for that one? Uh, just our regular tailgates uh, at this point. We're still a little far out on some of this stuff, but my hope and my opinion is um, – that game's not going to mean a damn thing uh, to either team. Browns will be out of it. Bengals will be resting players. That'd be a that'd be a preseason like feel here at Paycor Stadium. That game, in my opinion. Man, I like the way you think. And you know, <laughs> I, I appreciate what you're doing. And a lot of I don't know if all the Bengal fans know that. In addition to being like the head party man, you know, and, and wherever you are, the fun seems to go. And when I was out in Cincinnati, that was no joke. I I really had a blast. But people may, may not realize that you do a lot of charitable things as well. And, uh, you know, you don't always look for credit for that. But I think that's very honorable. And I really respect you as a man. Yeah, yeah I mean, just to be clear, man, this, this is just a group of us. I cannot take 100% responsibility for any of this. Our inner circle at our tailgate that really drive and plan and, and do a lot of work on us, uh, James and uh, Tony and Craig and Dell and our inner circle of guys are the ones that really drive that. I mean, $130,000 last year raised uh, for local charities. And, and uh, we're, we're, we're putting plans together right now. Try to, how do we exceed $130,000? So that's a tough one, but we're, we're trying to do it again this year. Yeah. That, that's amazing stuff. And I know when we hung out, we were talking about that a lot. Like, you know, you weren't just saying, Oh, I want to have fun. You were thinking, how can I raise money for these charities? And, and that's absolutely great. All right, Jim, this was really special to have you on. You're entertaining. It's fun. You have a lot of insight on this team. 
I know everyone knows kind of how to find you, but if, if you can reiterate for the listeners, how do people find you on social media? Uh, any social media platform, it's um, it's just look up Bengal Jam or Bengal Jams before the Rory Tailgate experience. We even have a YouTube channel. We do a podcast on some big names like Kay Adams, Coach Taylor, Duke Tobin, DJ Reader, dozens of former players like Ken Anderson, P. Johnson, Zeddy Edwards, just Ken Riley II, and just a lot of former OGs, as we call them, and current players and local national media folks. So we've had a lot of fun with that, for sure. But no, I appreciate you having me on, man. It means a lot. Yeah, it was great talking to you again, my friend. And hopefully we'll be catching up very soon. Absolutely. You get in town again, call me. All right, my man. (laughs) All right, buddy. See you. That'll do it for this episode. I'd like to thank at Bengals Highlights on Instagram, the best page out there. Really cool highlights, really cool music. Definitely something you should check out. Thank you for listening to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca. And I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.